Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ohm School Live. And we've got people already tuning in. Hello and welcome, Master Spiritual Teacher G.P. Walsh. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Welcome to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, Brinks is deciding he's going to leave, but he cannot yet. So, okay. <laughs> Today's class lesson is inspired by you really sharing with us in the last week or so about the Four Noble Truths. And as I was listening to them, hearing them, I, I think I think all of our students here, we're, we're really getting the grasp on one, two, and three, but four, noble truth four, not <laughs> four, was, I was like, ooh, wait a second. So it's called the middle way. And if I have no context ever, and I just came up to GP and said, hey, I've got a problem. Can you help me out? And you said, sure, walk the middle way. I would, I would think, <laughs> well, that's a little um, flimsy and and that doesn't help me. And is that some kind of, you know, riddle I'm supposed to, you know, get to? And it also kind of sounds like I'm trying to make a choice or decision, but to walk the middle way doesn't sound like it's helping me, but yet it helps everybody in every situation. So I would love for you to share with us about that fourth noble truth, the middle way. Well, the the middle way is really a, a a perspective that I've been teaching forever. I just didn't call it that. Right? The yoga of allowing is the middle way. Whenever you don't take sides, it's the middle way. Right? Whenever you are in the mode of the peacemaker, where you're not preferring one thing over another, you're not giving one more importance or weight than another, you recognize the the significance of of it all you're sitting in the you're sitting in the middle way it's the place of total peace total stillness right? it's the hub of the wheel it's the fulcrum on the seesaw right? um and and so how do you live there right first off why would you live there yeah it sounds almost boring you're like wait <laughs> i don't get to do anything well the why is simple peace and happiness if we understand the nature of suffering and where it comes from, the middle way makes perfect sense. Right? If we don't understand the nature of suffering, then we, we think there's some position I need to take or something I need to gain or some achievement I have to make in order to be happy. And therein lies the, the cause of suffering. The, the, eight, the noble eightfold path and the four noble truths, right? You, uh, in Chinese, I think it translates into four wonderful truths. Right? And, and the nobility just means, uh, you know, high, uh, significant, deeply important. It's not like, you know, an aristocrat, you know, a king or a duke or something. It, it's, it's, it's pure, right? It is, it, is, um, it is essential. And Buddha, being the, the very practical guy that he was, once finding the cause of suffering and... And the end, uh, and that, and and the realization that it did have an end, right? that it was not a permanent condition. It had roots, right? There were causes that were make, things that were making us suffer, and and he and he came up with the eightfold path, which is the way to get out of it, and the the way to correct, to to free yourself from the causes of suffering, which is to be free of suffering. And you could think it's, you could say it's the no, eight, noble eightfold path out of suffering. You can say it's also the noble eightfold path into happiness. 
because what's the point of getting out of suffering if it's just boring? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. boredom is, is suffering, isn't it? Because we want something different still. We're bored. I want something to do. <laughs> I, yes. There's a restlessness. There's an unsettledness. There can be confusion. All sorts of stuff that, that can, can come with it. So he, in the Eightfold Path, he simply touched on all the various aspects of our lives, which when they are, are being uh, lived from, a point, uh, from the point of ignorance, create suffering. It's really important to understand this. Our suffering has a cause. <laughs> and if we find the cause and free ourselves from it, suffering ends. Because it's not, uh, it is not, a, it's not a permanent state. It's not a thing in and of itself. Right? It, I mean, if you, if you keep growing plants, trying to grow plants, and they keep dying, you, know, you check the soil. What's wrong with this soil? <laughs> It's not the plant's fault. It's not the seed's fault. There's nothing wrong with it. What's happening? Well, it didn't get enough water, or this is the wrong type of soil for that, or this soil's, you know, somebody put some weird stuff in it a long time ago, so nothing would grow, right? So you can blame the plant. You can do everything you want to it, but unless you find the actual cause of it, right, you're, you're, you'll spin your wheels. And the number one cause, the number one thing he had in the whole chain of causation was ignorance. We don't know who we are. And so I mistake myself for who I'm not. I act, and from that position, I engage with the world. And you, and you end up fulfilling the, the Eightfold Path, but through ignorance. And the Eightfold Path is right views or understanding. It's seeing things as they actually are. Freeing yourself from your limited perceptions of it. I think it should be like this. That creates suffering. If it's not like that, <laughs> it, it creates suffering. And if it is like that, you're going to be okay for a while until it changes, which everything does. The second one is right thoughts. When you see things the way they are, your thinking begins to adjust to it. it you see the error of, your, of the patterns of thought, and you begin to correct with them. You correct those, and it gets to the, the next one, which is right speech. From there, you begin to, because we're always speaking our thoughts. Whatever our thoughts are, that's what our speech is. And, and of course, sometimes it's better to just keep those thoughts to yourself, because once they're out, they're out, right? You know, before you write that angry email, don't do it today. Wait till tomorrow. I guarantee <laughs> you're not going to send it, right? And of course, it also flowing from that is right action. You're going to act according with your right understanding, your right thought, your right speech. And the next one is right livelihood. How do you make a living, right? To be in line with the, the right views. I mean, you, you, can't, you, you can't go to work building atomic bombs and have a peaceful meditation that night. You can't do it, right? You can't, be, you can't, you can't be destroying the environment, right? And, and, and be honoring the truth of who you are. You can't do it. And so what you do to make a living is extremely important. It has to be expressive of that. And the last two are right mindfulness, which is pay attention, <laughs> simply paying attention to things, to, to slow down, to actually look at what's happening. Notice, notice your breath. Notice the way you're eating. Are you eating unconsciously? Are you doing anything unconsciously? Are you remaining present? And the last one is right meditation. Also, 
also as samadhi, right? which is how, how do you actually meditate in a way that is not promoting suffering? And that's all this, this is. Oh, hold on. Are you meditating in a way that is not promoting suffering? How, how, what does it look like if we were meditating and... I'm meditating to get something. I'm visualizing. Ah. Oh, oh. Wait. I'm concentrating. Yeah. Well, somebody's going to yeah, say something. I know it. They're going to say, when yeah. is visualization causing suffering? <laughs> yes, because the act of visualizing is the act of separating yourself from that which you desire. And it's giving your desires more importance than you in a very subtle way. And it's unavoidable. There's this attempt to get something, whereas meditation connects you up with what's already here. You're already whatever you're seeking. But, and I, what I just said is right thought. Oh, I'm already that. Well, then how do I meditate, right? Yeah. Putting that into, into, the, uh, into what I'm doing rather than this trying to get something, even trying to get enlightenment. Yes, that's <laughs> good. Okay, um, if visualization separates from who we are and we are already that, I want to just distinguish the difference between a desire because desires are human. We all have them. They're going to come up. It's the uh -huh. attachment to the desire. So if we are visual, does visualizing yeah. um, something mm, indicate that we are attached to a desire? The, if, if there were no attachment to a desire, there'd be no need to visualize. How do you have a desire visualize? and not visualize it? Well, because it just arises. Right, it arises. You give it attention. You 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 love it, but you're also letting go of it at the same time. You haven't attached to it something it doesn't have. Let alone, namely, my happiness. Oh, right. The fulfillment of a desire brings the fulfillment of a desire, and there's an emotional state that goes with it, and it's really wonderful, and we all love it, right? But if I if I seeks in desire in the in the fulfillment of the desire something it cannot give which is a lasting sense of my own peace and happiness right now i'm a, now i've attached to something that is creating suffering and if i be visualizing that i'm creating suffering see it is not desires don't arise out of an act of will they just happen like growing hair they just happen and then, so what do you do with that desire? Well, first thing you have to you have to see it for what it actually is. The right view. There's step one, right? What is this? Oh, it's a natural arising within the system. It's a motivation of life. It's life in it's it's life in action. All right, that's now you're seeing it as it is, and you're thinking about it correctly. So if it's just something that's arising, I didn't create it. I don't actually have the power to fulfill it. If the motivation takes root life is going to carry me to it right? right and that now you're now you've gone through right speech and right action you're, you're speaking about it correctly right? all coming from just seeing it as it is and at that point you, it, the visualization is not an act of will the motivation of which is to fulfill the desire it is simply being present being being completely at peace with right now and allowing the desire to fulfill itself or not. No, not every plant grows. And some plants, they grow. The only reason they grow 
They're not a cash crop. They don't do anything other than put nutrients back in the ground that the next crop actually needs. That's very important. <laughs> like squash, they detoxify the soil. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they do. It, it it does, and it's absolutely necessary. These you know these are the permaculture ideas where things are interacting like 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 that. And so sometimes the desire arises and even, you know, takes root and there's some action that gets behind it and it doesn't go anywhere because it didn't need to. It was taking to the next place where the next thing could arise <laughs> and, and on and on it goes. So there's this participation in the flow of life without dependency on it. Hmm. And Nusa Gadana re referred to it as an affectionate detachment. Yes. Oh, I like that participation, not dependency um that's a healthy way of looking at almost like ev well everything yes i like that everything yeah i was gonna that's say wait there's nothing i can exclude from that <laughs> yeah that's why it's called the noble the 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 the, the noble path noble, wonderful um i want to go to the word cause um might call them the root you know the mother of um but the, <laughs> yeah. the cause I was trying to um, trace my way back to causes, you know, doing my thing this morning, getting ready for the show. And I thought, oh, and this is where that question came from earlier. I'd asked GP to um, just talk a little bit about vows that, that we've made and why that question came up. And this is what I'm asking now is if when I was trying to think of a root cause, I almost can't believe that there's one root cause, because once I think I found a root cause, there's actually quite a few other little root causes and then another root cause and then another. So uh -huh. is there in fact a root cause or is, can we umbrella that to say it was not, it's not even when I was separated from myself, when it was not safe to be myself. Cause maybe there's a thousand times that that has happened. So well, what about root cause? Yeah. Well, the root cause is the separation. And can we have more than one, the root can there be lots of, well, one per lifetime. <laughs> Does everybody just have that one or or many? But, right. At some point, at some point, the sense of a separate self emerges. Right? Oh. Even, even if there's not a severe trauma, it's going to happen because this is the nature of human life. And the sense of that, and when that emerges, immediately the sense of I am says, I am the body. And in that moment, my entire sense of self and the body become one. So the function in the body is my functioning. The destiny of the body is my destiny. The pain of the body is my pain. The death of the body is my death. Right? And that is the right there you've created, you have created the essence of suffering. Right? If you could get to that one thing right, and see that it's not true, Really see that it's not true and let that integrate into the system, suffering will end. You don't have to get to all of them. You don't have to cut down a tree. You don't have to first take out all the leaves. Yeah. But in practice, we don't always get right there. When I say something like you're not the, not the body, most people go, huh? They have no idea what I'm talking about. Even those that have seen it and come, have gone to grieve it, face the momentum of the world around them, which believes that we are the body, the physical, the physical form, plus our own habit energy, our own habit thoughts. So it, it's very difficult for most to get right to there. That's why various practices, especially in Zen, have designed, like koans and the like, 
are to do just that, to cut through the whole thing, right? And so what we do then at, at the level that most people are at is you start with what's the suffering that I'm having right now? Mm. And then what's you just take that. A present you take suffering. that you take that right right there and until it has been relieved right and in some instances you're going to have to go pretty deep for it to actually be relieved and in some rare cases you can go all the way <laughs> but for the most part we just kind of get to the point where the branch is healed the whole tree isn't yet but the branches and there's some very deep stuff in there that's why buddhism refers to it as a repository consciousness or the storehouse consciousness there's where the seeds are planted that arise as dishonesty or fear or whatever the particular form is there's this, there's this other layer down there <laughs> right that is not limited to this lifetime right yes and that's where the vow conversation came up but before i go there um on, okay, so this is fun. So when we are doing the koan, and you had said to me, keep going until there's no more answer. Like you, So whenever I come up with an answer, I'm still in the leaves and the branches. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I'm in the trunk. Oh, I'm getting, and then when I really, <laughs> then I, that's it, there's no more, then I'm at the root. Yeah, yeah. And it's confusing because there's nothing there. To the mind, there's nothing there. The truth is the only thing there is you. And that's what we can't grasp. You're there. <laughs> and along that way, I imagine I have a, my tree image here. Um, the middle way is um, getting to each present suffering and mm-hmm. staying in the middle. So if if we get to a... Um, a I'm presently suffering from this. I'm I'm angry or I'm sad. I've I've taken a side. I I'm not in the middle way. Am I stuck? If I'm stuck in well, the story, I'm in the middle if, way. Yes. If you're if you 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 you've left the middle path. If you if you get into your story, if you start if you start making up, I'm sad. Why am I sad? I got to be sad. Like, and just okay. There's a feeling of sadness here, right? Um, and I'm going to let it be there. I'm, I'm, it's neither right nor wrong. It's just present. Okay? Now, if it's neither right nor wrong, I'm taking no position. I'm just with it. That's the middle way. Okay, I get that. So, if it's, is it in our mind? So, I'm like, okay, I'm sad. I'm, oh, that, I sounded angry, but anyways, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so sad today. Um, wow, things are sad in the world. I'm sad. So, then am I lying to myself to say, no, I'm not lying. If I can say, well, I'm, I am sad, that's still stuck. And I say, sadness is present. Mm-hmm. Then I've, I'm trying to get the languaging, I guess. And that feeling, how to shift from. In Well, the, you shift into the place where you don't, where there's no, there's no intention to do anything with it, except be present with it. Cause that's what's here. No intention, just be present. Just okay. be present. The moment an attention arises that I want to do something with it or about it, (laughs) it's not like, oh, okay, I'm sad now. Okay, I'm going to completely own the sadness. And now you're like clutching with it. You're you're looking at it with loving awareness, with affectionate detachment. And you're looking at that, oh, there's sadness. Ah, there is suffering, first noble truth. Yes. And 
it's not going to go, it doesn't have to go away. This is part of human life. That's the right view. Right? This is simply the way things are. Sadness arises. Fear arises. Anger arises. Okay, there is suffering. So now if I take no position on it and I just let it be there, it neither grips me nor do I, nor I gripped it, right? My hands are off. I just let it be whatever, whatever it is, hang around as long as it does. And that puts me in such a state of equanimity that I, that is the end of suffering. Mm. Maybe not the end of sadness, but the end of suffering. Yes. Oh, there, I used to, have a thing but i would i would say i may not like something but i'm at peace with it i, I used to i remember that when that, that yeah. was a thing that came up what if okay so say something like we're really uh yeah like we really are sad or angry or anything's when we think but is it the is it the practice when we are trying to get there because if i'm like i can't i can't not be mad i am mad i am sad i am blah 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 is it because i'm still identifying with the blame, with the story, with, and do I, that's the, what the practice is. I just keep going. Back. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, okay. I'm really angry about this. Okay. What's the cause of the anger? Somebody and did something. Said, yeah. Somebody did something, something to me. Okay. So what, what, what was the, this happened and then I reacted. So what was the cause of that reaction? Why did I react that way and not just, yeah, who cares? Right? What was it in me that didn't like that so much that I'm really holding on to that? Right? And especially, you know, sometimes you can hold on to this stuff for years. Right? Yes. You know, there's the, the story of the, uh, the, uh, the Buddhist monks of the kind of order that, you know, and they're, they're so strict about behavior and about uh, trans transcending desire that, you know, they're, they're monks. They could not even touch a woman, right? Not even shake hands and say hello or anything like that, right? And so this um, this this old older monk and this younger one were walking somewhere after a heavy rain, and uh, they came upon this young woman who who needed to get across the the the, the river. But she was kind of small, and she couldn't she couldn't do it. The 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 you know the bridge had been had been damaged, and um, and so the old monk picked her up, walked to the other side, and set her down, and then came back, and they continued on their journey. Well, the young monk is like, oh. I mean, he's just like, he's just like stewing, and they spent the night somewhere, and the next day, they're they're walking down the down the down down the road. And the young monk finally says, he can't hold it anymore. <laughs> he goes, what did, you, what did you do? We're not supposed to touch one. Why did you do that? And he said, well, how, how long was I holding her? And he said, he said I don't know, about two minutes. And he said, and how long have you been holding her? Yeah. 24 hours. So we just kind of... It's in our best interest to be free of anger, mm -hmm. which means I'm not holding on to it. Why am I holding on to the anger now becomes the question, because that's the cause at this point, right? 
because there's there's something in me that got offended. Okay, well, what was that that got offended? What was the cause of that? And you, you can keep tracing it back. <clears throat> you can keep tracing it back until you find that the, the cause of it was I wanted things to be different than they are. I wanted him to treat me differently. Right? Instead of, well, that's the way he treated me. That's how he sees me. I might even find that part of me is offended because it's afraid it might be true or, right, or I lost something over it, right? Yes. You know, and, and you can then, okay, did I actually lose something? And if I did, what does that mean? You can, you can see how far you can keep taking this. All the, and you can go all the way back to the, oh, it's because I believe I'm a separate self. Yes. <laughs> you hit something in the home because um, we do talk about what suffering is, is wanting something to be different. I never would have thought about tracing it back to, well, I wanted something different. I, and then you're like, well, what if you actually got that something different and it wasn't what you want. How do you know you even wanted that? Like what part of, <laughs> what is it yeah. that you made you think that you even wanted that in the first place? Like how many times have we wanted something, got it went, Ooh, that is not what I want. <laughs> That's not what I want. And that comes from attachment to the desire. Right. right? I'm expecting the desire to give me something now. Right? Oh, so what are we expecting the desire to give us? Ooh. Yeah. Right, okay. which is a projection. That's not a right view. The, the desire can only give you what it gives you. Right, you know, if I desire to have a lot of money, it, and I get a lot of money, I will get what money a lot of money can give you. Right, right. <laughs> that's it. Sounds right? like but if I think it's going to give me happiness and peace and security, ooh, it can't do that. It it can give me you know nice cars and house and. And and that and 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 a relative sense of safety, right? Relative, yes. Relative, but it also brings with it the fear of losing it, more responsibility, um, all sorts of changes take place. It doesn't it doesn't come uh, in in the form that we think it's going to. So you say, okay, if I get a lot of money, well, I'm this is going to happen. But also, this is going to be there. This is what happens when you have a lot of money. When I have more responsibility, and I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> the word relative is is really exciting because relative is not the middle way because it has a reference point, which means it's taking sides. So, yes. so in relation to that, you can't. So that was that's a, a light bulb for me. So, <laughs> so whenever somebody is relative, because it is relative, and I, how I know that's relative is that I may think a thousand dollars is is a, abundance and riches, and somebody else may think a million, somebody else may think ten dollars. So therefore, it can't be true because it doesn't work for everybody at all times. And sometimes a thousand dollars will be a lot, sometimes it won't be. <laughs> it depends on what you yes. really are. <laughs> if you need a new rope for it, yes. I think I've told this story before, but it's a good one. That um, there was a a party at a billionaire's house out in the Hamptons, you know, and um, um, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, uh, the science fiction author, and uh, Joseph Heller, the author of Catcher in the Rye, were, were guests there. You know, billionaires like to have people like that around, makes them look good. And they were talking about it. And uh, Vonne uh, Kurt Vonnegut said to Heller, um, you know, this guy makes more in one day than you've made for the entire time Catcher in the Rye has been out. And Elder responded, yeah, but I have one thing he doesn't. He said, what's that? He says, enough. 
Oh, I love that. <laughs> 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 What's your enough? Oh. What is our enough when we're not suffering? That should be our enough, right? And of course, what are we always doing? I mean, everything we're accumulating, we are trying to end our suffering. Even the discontent, whether it be a big suffering or a little suffering, to, you know, just a restlessness or, or just or great fear. What are we trying to do? Everything we try to accomplish, uh, to acquire, is to try to end suffering and be happy. Yes. The problem is, is that we're doing it wrong. <laughs> we're trying to make that desire, the attachment to the desire, correct. Um, we're trying to make it the right, right way. We 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 think that somehow it's it's if I can accumulate the right kind of circumstances, then I will be happy, and that's the big mistake. Wow, it's so interesting how we we have to practice what seems like it should be so easy, and yet it's, <laughs> it's the not only do it's the hardest thing, but it seems like we, we keep messing it up and we keep trying everything. But it's like, here, here's over here. This will, is a happiness. You're like, no, 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 no. But there's a thousand ways to suffering over here. There's only one <laughs> way to happiness. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly so. It, you know, <sighs> narrows the gate that leads to, um, that leads to heaven. Yes. Yes. Well, that I the first time I looked at the clock. Actually, that was so like pulled. It. I was I was very excited for this topic today, everyone. Um, mm. I'd like to do something. Just I'm going to pause, then I'm going to go through some of the comments. I see some questions coming through, and I want to make sure we have time. And um, today I'm going to make a different kind of invitation. And no, GP has no idea. Um, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Because we just finished, or GP just finished hosting or presenting a three-day retreat, which was really, that was so helpful that I was like, wow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days in a row where we really, 90 minutes plus, got to dive into these things. I really could feel, I already knew and I was starting to recognize the value and importance of a practice. But when you do it, when you take action on it, it really does, it shifts a lot. Like, my head hasn't even stopped yet. Like it's, which is good. And I, but I keep going, wait, don't get, just don't be in your head. You have, I have, we have to bring it to meditation, self-inquiry, present moment. We really have to bring it back to the body and hear those messages. So we have not yet launched something that we are building, but I do want to invite anybody right now who right now is recognizing like, Hey, I like the middle way. That sounds like a good place for me. I'm, I'm suffering and I'm struggling. We will be launching a program, but I want to invite anybody right now who might recognize that they would like help with their practice, with their one-on-one, -on -one, with their guidance. Um, I would love for you to comment or email me at lisa at omschool.co. So just omschool.co. And um, I'll reach out to you when we're a little bit ready, but at least we can set up a phone call and I can just hear you. I want to call it a care call. I, I have a new word for it. <laughs> It's the care call. I do care. And I want to see how we could help you in that caring and the program might be right for you or something else might be right for you. So um, other than that, that was just, that was just my fun. I was like, yes, I think everybody would really enjoy a practice if they knew what it brought them. Yeah. Well, yes. I, I mean, why do we have to practice? Well, because, because we're doing it wrong. 
something <laughs> shitty if you don't. You, you're like, you still, you're I, not I mean, at it. <laughs> I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, why should we have to practice what, in fact, comes totally naturally? Um, be, because, because we do. I mean, I, if you're not happy, I mean, if you're not overly happy or any place in your life where there's discontent or feeling inadequate or feeling lack or fear or anything, it needs your attention. And what is the practice? It's giving attention to those parts of us. And you, you can do that in such a way that you don't get all enmeshed in them. I mean, if you recognize that, that you are not your conditioning, you are not that separate self, that it's completely a construct of the first of the nervous system as simple reactive patterns, and then more conceptually as a sense of self and identity, that you, to just realize, oh, it's not me, then I'm simply practicing consistently disidentifying with what I am not. And that's what the practice is, because the habit energy that's deep in the nervous system keeps presenting the, the same groove. Okay, this is what we've done over and over. It gets it becomes automatic behavior, and it just happens and happens and happens. And so the practice is simply recognizing it. And it gets subtler and subtler. We find at subtler and subtler levels where the sense of identification is present. And, and notice I said that the sense of identification is present, not I'm identified with it. Right? You begin to realize that the, the identification with the separate self is also something that is simply a habit of the, of the nervous system and not you. Yes. Uh, that's that's huge. Um, I just had to write ident identification is a sense. It's a habit. Um, and so many, how many times like my little kitty cat Lucy's no longer here. I still call her name just out of habit. <laughs> it's just it's yes. It's not practice yet to not say it when I say bring some Lucy. So it's, yes, yes. It's not that was just a light and fluffy thing to share, but that's how how ingrained yep. and patterned and and. Comes yeah, it's, 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 you know, the nervous system is a brilliantly complex programmable machine. Yeah. That's what it is, right? And that's what it does, which is really great because it allows us to do things like talk, yeah. <laughs> eat. <laughs> and I'd like, I to, mean, like to point out that what, what we're talking about as a practice isn't practicing a new program. It, that's self-help we're not practicing and and you know it's practicing unlearning it's practicing it's learning it's record it's practicing awareness and re recognition but then to just be the middle be the middle not yeah. choose and left or right and it's not to say okay practice you've been left now go right it's not that yeah, it really yeah. home school is the only school you go to where you unlearn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I love> <laughs> oh, now speaking of, thank you for for that for everybody um i'm gonna go back to the top here i saw a few i want to say hello to david and elaine and with andy and all these wonderful people and bernadette's here i haven't seen bernadette for a while rosario now ava what did you say? If this is not limited to this lifetime, that's right. You've dropped a bombshell there, GP. Um, <laughs> but to as to say all lifetimes, is it or it is infinite? Question. Um, no, it isn't. And the, the end of that is what's called nirvana. And 
the, it, it, is, it is pure oneness where you see it really had no beginning and had no end. Um, it is the dream of lifetimes. You know, at night when you dream, nobody has just one, right? You go through a bunch of them, right? And, and they don't honor any kind of flow, right? <laughs> one minute you could be standing on the mountain, the next minute you're, you know, in Detroit, right? Um, I, I, and there's no segue. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it's total non sequiturs. It's not a very good director. It's just popping from place, place to place. But, it, it, you know, we have numerous dreams. We, have, we could be numerous people and numerous shapes and numerous experiences all within one, one night. That is a metaphor, a, a, a representation of what each one of these lives are. Each life is just a different dream. But the dreamer has never gone anywhere. It's just dreaming of 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 the of this of this series of incarnations. So, well, who's the dreamer? Right? Who wakes up when it ends? The, the 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 importance of that teaching is not that it's an actual thing that you have to. It's it's a tool. It's a way of recognizing that there that. There are seeds within that consciousness is something outside of our particular human life. The human life emerged from consciousness, not the other way around. And so why did this particular life happen the way it did? Well, there are seeds in the consciousness that make this life happen. And, and the, the, the self-inquiry, the practice gets you down to the point where you are eradicating the seeds that give birth to all of these lives. Right? And you have to see, and you have to see it that way. And then you can go and even step beyond that because even the notion of the repository consciousness and seeds is not true. It's the dream. Now that's way out there, I know. <laughs> so just take a few steps back to to just how do I deal with this moment? And if I trace this moment back, I will come to the place where there was, obviously there's, there was a particular characteristics that emerged in this life and took form, right? Now, where did they come from? Right? And, and you can trace it back to the early, you, you can go back to some, something somebody said last week, you can go to uh, early childhood traumas, you can, go, you can go to ancestral stuff, you can go all of these different places as you're tracing it back. But all, when you get all the way back, it becomes, well, who am I? Right? And, and, and the realization that all of it is simply an appearance is the Buddha. The Buddha is not a person. The Buddha is the realization. Mm, I know Ava's going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let us know what you think of that, Ava. I want to write that. All right. Now, Bernadette, good questions. Do we hold on to the thing that makes us mad, I think, because mm -hmm. we believe we need to feel a certain way? 
opposite to releasing it. Oh, I had a lot about the word release this morning come up for me. Um, okay, so wait, do we hold on to the thing that makes us mad because we believe we that we need to feel, yes, I need to be mad. My mother used to be like that. I need to be mad so that they know how much they hurt me or I need to feel, you know, it was like, this, <laughs> you're not doing anything. Um, yes. Yeah. As opposed to releasing it. So are we, are we in fact even releasing it? Because that's a, that's a trick. We, sometimes we think I'll have a big fire. I'll write it down and I'll burn the paper and I'll release it. Like we're going through these rituals of release. Are well, we yeah, so it, that's okay. Rituals are nice. right? <laughs> if in fact you're genuinely releasing it. Right? But it, I mean, it's got to be released from here. It, it, we, you, in, in a variety of ways, see that the that the anger uh, or hatred hurts me more than it than it does them, and and we go okay. I don't want. I can't release this because that will justify what they did. I can't let them off the hook. Right. Well, now you can just consider mercy, humility. How many people have you hurt? That right. Um, or you can just kind of, just kind of, yes, a part of me was hurt. There's something in there that wanted it to be different, that wanted to be seen differently. Right? And it, but the moment that happens, it, it's not, not about them anymore. It's about me. It's about why I reacted that way rather than why did they do that to me? Or how could they have? How could they have done that to me? You're not going to stop people from being assholes. <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's it's you know that's it they're going to be that way you shouldn't be that way well who said right yeah good luck with that right oh this is what it is sometimes people are real are real jerks right real real brutal evil stupid right what are you going to do about it okay i can you know i I can I can try to fix all the bad people or get rid of them or something. It's Ramana Maharshi said, "Well, if you if you don't want to walk on 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 the, on the stony ground, you have two choices: you can cover the world in leather or you can wear shoes." Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm wearing shoes. I'll cover that world. It will take me forever. <laughs> and that's really how it works, right? This is really how it. This is really what we do. We want to try to fix the world, right? And of course, there's nothing wrong with that, right? We all want to see more love and respect and fairness and, and the like in the world. But again, if we get attached to that, we will suffer because it is the way it is. Ooh. So our, we could, a desire could arise in us that we'd love to see a more loving world. Mm -hmm. And then we might even say, well, I'm, I'm going to take some action on this. I, I'm going to, I'm going to buy the guy's coffee behind me in line here and surprise them. You know, like I'm going to do a lot of that. And, yeah. but if we have an attachment that, gosh, I've been buying coffees for the guy behind me for 10 days in a row now. And nobody's, they're still throwing trash on the ground or something like then that becomes that, um, too much or or i've been i've been going to church i've been praying to god i've been why am i not healed why you know if it's yeah it's a beautiful yeah. quote let me see if i can find oh. it here really quick from um from thomas from thomas merton oh here it is yeah thomas merton is the 
He's a famous uh, uh, mystic monk in the uh, Franciscan, no Franciscan order, no Trappist. He's a Trappist. He's a Trappist monk. Yeah, not a Trappist, but a Trappist. He said, "Do not depend on the hope of results. You may have to face the fact that your work will." be apparently worthless and even achieve no result at all, if not perhaps results opposite to what you expect. <laughs> As you get used to this idea, <laughs> you start more and more to concentrate not on the results, but on the value, the rightness, the truth of the work itself. You gradually struggle less and less for an idea and more and more for specific people. In the end, it is the reality of personal relationships that saves everything. Mm. Just, mm. just beautiful. You, you let go of the attachment to the results, and you work for the rightness of the action. Right? Because if you're judging the action based on the results, then then the the action is relative to the results, right? Yeah. And the expectation of the result is going to is going to impact impact is going to distort influence the action itself if the action's rooted in right views and right thought and right truth in, in the truth then you do the action because it is the action chris hedges who's a very famous political commentator brilliant guy pulitzer prize winner um you know spent 20 years in in the in middle east and south america covering wars and stuff he made the he made this comment, just really sums it up. He says, I don't fight fascism because I can win. I fight fascism because it's fascism. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We may not win. Very different. We may not save the world. Right. Yeah. The well, universe isn't going to care. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. It's going to end anyway, 10 billion years or something, I don't know, in the, when, the sun, when the sun runs out. Right? But, you know, but so why do you do it? Because it's, it's what needs to be done. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's like when we said about why do we do the dishes? Because they need to be done. Because they're dirty. <laughs> <laughs> we have um, Aiden here. Just completed the safety. Ooh, the safety tapping from GP. What tips does do you have here for consistently treating PTSD daily, weekly, or less frequently? And just before you um, go into that, I was going to say, um, everybody, yes, the the. Safety tapping from GP. GP has like a bazillion um, free intros and you can pay as well. You can purchase them all and I we can tell you where to go after. But if you're wondering, hey, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, tapping is a beautifully simple thing. When, when you notice yourself being reactive, tap. You can use, you know, the side of your finger tap. Oops, get it in the camera like so. Or you can do it. Gonna uh, get on the camera, <laughs> <laughs> the, like 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 this, and wrists, or, right. or you know the the places on on the face. You know, if you're out in public and you don't want to look weird, you can you know rub the spots as well, right? Um, the important thing is that when something flares up, a, a reaction of PTSD, and we all have it, by the way. <laughs> you know, that's the result of childhood trauma. We all have these these reactions that are not appropriate for the moment. They're, they're a throwback to the past. The moment you see it, 
and you do this, you're immediately saying to your nervous system, it's okay. And it, you, there's it, the, the, not a schedule, right? You know, so, sometimes, you know, you can do it for, you know, for a minute, 30 seconds, and it's like, you can feel it calm down. Other times it, it, it persists. It's okay. If you, what you, you're not only sending this message to the body that it's safe, you're also consciously separating yourself from the conditioning that is the PTSD. And that conscious, you're, you're here, it's here. When it takes over and you're not conscious, it's me, right? I have to, this is all happening, right? But if you realize, okay, my nervous system was trained to react in this extreme way when these events took place. That's a training. There's nothing inherent in the, in the event that took place that says, I have to react like that. Because if it was inherent in the event, everybody would react like that. So it's not that. It's how I have simply been programmed to react. If I've been programmed to react that way, I can be programmed to react differently, which means that all of a sudden now I am not this condition. It is just conditioning, and I'm not that. That knowledge then informs the tapping. So you're now helping the nervous system recognize what you've already recognized. And that, okay, this isn't inherent, right? This isn't who I am. And I can actually retrain the system to, to break that association so I no longer react that way. The conditioning now is replaced with peace. Mm. So does that help? Whenever it comes up, right? That's the most loving and honor, honoring thing you can do, right? Not, oh God, I really feel horrible. Oh God, I don't, I don't tap again until next Monday, right? So, no, now, now. <laughs> right. Now, as a practice, right? You can set aside times during the day to just be present with ever, you know, consciously, right? Like a meditation, right? We, you know, yeah, okay, every day from, you know, 8 to 8.30, I'm just going to tap. I'm not going to try to bring something up to tap about. I'm just going to tap and, and let myself, my attention go into what am I feeling right this moment and just be present. Don't try to make something happen. Don't try to, so, okay, let me see if I can bring that up. No, don't. What's here now? What's here now? And if there's nothing here now, you go, okay, this is great. I'm going to enjoy the fact that there's nothing here now. Right? And tap, which will then help reinforce just the quiet of there's nothing here now. So it could be half an hour of, going, of just, all this is doing is say, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm okay. And it's very, it's very simple and it's very powerful. There was a um, fellow, David Lake was his name. He's an Australian guy, really wonderful uh, fellow, well-known in the, in the tapping community. He's retired now. Um, he, had a, he had a person who had severe OCD. Took her two hours to leave the house. Whenever she had to go somewhere, it took her two hours to leave the house because there were all these things she had to do and lock three times and that sort of stuff. And he had her do, he says, this is what I'm going to have you do. He showed her this, just tapping on the side of her fingers like that. He says, 
when you start when you start getting ready to to leave the house right, just do this while you're doing all of your her OCD rituals. So she did. A couple weeks later, she was. it was only take her an hour to leave the house. A couple weeks later, it was a half hour. And finally, it got down to 15 minutes. She says to him, how long does it normally take people to leave the house? He says, oh, about 15 minutes. And this is all she did while she was just doing everything else. So while... She, this was happening, all the, her normal reactions were there, but simultaneously there was this very subtle message going into the, into the body, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. And that was enough to begin, because the detection of safety by the nervous system, it doesn't miss anything, by the way, right? So all of a sudden, it's going through this ritual, which is all based on fear and anxiety and all sorts of, that's where it came from. If I don't do this, something bad is going, going to happen, right? So in the midst of the intensity, which was never interrupted before, this little message keeps getting, it's okay, you're safe, it's okay, you're safe. And the nervous system just immediately begins to open up to it because it receives it. And it wants to be safe. That's the whole point. That's why it's doing all stuff to be safe. And now it's like, oh, I'm safe, I'm safe. And as that happens, the behaviors that are trying to acquire safety begin to diminish. Of course they are, because the safety is now here. And the nervous system does not have the problem that the mind is it has. It doesn't conceptualize about, well, is it here or is it not? It just feels it and goes, yep, it's here. And boom, everything comes down. And, and it, it never came back, which is like pretty profound. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it's interesting is um, my father used to do that. I forgot about that. When you when you did the check the lock, you'd have to go one, two, and three, as always. And if you did two, we couldn't even walk down the hallway away from it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. it's funny because I read, I was like, I don't remember him doing that lately. Um, he's moved a few times. And I was just, my question was going to be, it's sometimes when we change environments, like he didn't have that door to check or whatever. Do, does that conditioning or pattern still exists it's just not being activated and do yes okay but and maybe we, he never needs to work on it but if it came up then he would or does he need to bring well, it up? He, he, this remember this is very this is very subtle and com yeah. complex stuff um sometimes it's for some reason it's just not triggered for other times there's just been a natural development that's taking place where that trigger has net has just kind of uh -huh. has kind of been diffused Right, and isn't there anymore? Right, hmm. even though we don't know, we don't know why. When you do something like tapping or meditation or self inquiry, you're consciously engaging to dis to to disassociate the triggers. Um, you're not just relying on maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. <laughs> you're consciously and you're consciously participating. Mm, I like that. Yes, consciously participating. Actually, there was a bunch of um, acknowledgements and thank yous along the way with the comments saying, yes, that's good. And, and I agree with that. But I was once saying consciously participating before I forget. Um, and that's, I, the, the, so yes, that was a beautiful, about appointments and when do I do this routine? When we consciously participate, that's our practice. And when you need it, that's when we do it. Your appointment when is you now. Need it. Yeah. <laughs> Your appointment is now. You don't have to call and say, I've pulled my back. Can I get in to see the chiropractor, the massage? You know, oh, we have to do <laughs> right. tomorrow, but I need it now. <laughs> so this is good. <laughs> um, like that. Yes, consciously participating. Um, 
we have so Bernadette, it is like, oh, wait, I saw earlier that she said, yes, you answered it. But it was before we answered it. So it was good. You said something wonderful. <laughs> oh, it's easy. I like what Ava was saying here. You the first seed, the basic seed back to the identification. It looked, it was so easy to learn, but it was so difficult to unlearn. Yeah. Easy to learn. Isn't that funny? But unlearn something's like, stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why it takes loving awareness. The most, the deepest kind of compassion for yourself. Cause this, this shit's just going to keep coming up until it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And when it doesn't matter to you anymore, that it comes up or doesn't come up, then you're free. Because some of the stuff, it's always going to come up. It's, just, it's part of human nature. It's part of being born a human. This is what you get. <laughs> when you just said it doesn't matter anymore. That it's just a, one of my, a lesson that a friend taught me 20 whatever years ago. And um, he said, you know what? The best thing to do when you're, if you're in a fight with somebody and you just can't win, stop blowing. So take the wind right out of the sail. Say it doesn't matter. It doesn't. If you stop blowing the wind into the sail, the sail comes down and falls. It can't be there anymore. Yeah, it, you know, if there's no conflict, if somebody drops out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Drop out. It's, it's, it, it, it's that simple. Sometimes the only way to win is not to play. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> well, look at that. We came right to the top of the hour. Oh, so like involved. I was like extra involved and that was beautiful. It's because it really is the root. When we get down to these roots, it's like, we, we, I love talking about our topics. And if you have a recommendation or a suggestion or you need us to talk about a topic, we are more than happy to. Please put them in the comments. Um, but it, there's something so satisfying. And somebody else said a word about satisfying in their comments um, about enough is you can talk about all the waves on the, on the ocean, but when we really go under deep under the water there and find the root, it's like, whoa, <laughs> it's like we're right in there. So. Yeah. I think Carl said that. Oh. Carl Lucy. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. Oh, was it the sock? Cause I remember the word um, satisfying and enough. Yes. Yeah. It's so satisfying <laughs> so, and so subtle. The sense of simply have being enough. Right. Yes. And, oh. and the fact that you have that sense means you've, you've, penetrated deeply deeply into it and it has been there your whole life the sense of not being enough was an artificial state overlaid on top of the enoughness mm -hmm. enoughness is not a state it's nothing that needs to be acquired it, it is it is your nature Ooh, and, enough is the nature Ooh, t-shirt yeah, <laughs> it's just your it's just your nature somebody else said something here I have right there. Um, where did it go? Where did it go? Um, ah, Andy, yeah. This may seem silly, but if there's a pebble in one's shoe, oughtn't one just remove it rather than tracing the roots of the irritation it causes? Synchronicity with the shoes feet theme there. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, because why? You know what the cause is. You remove it, right? You have to get to the cause. If it's a pebble in your shoe, you know exactly what it is. And what do you do? You take it out, <laughs> right? Or that toenail that, that broke off, right? And it's, now it's poking the bottom of your, your foot. You take off your shoe, you pull it out. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right? But if, you, if, if there's a pebble in your shoe and you think you need a shoe shine, <laughs> you've missed the point, right? You have to get to the real cause of suffering. Right? So your 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 analogy is absolutely correct. Where's the pebble? 
That's the question. Mm -hmm. Where does the pebble reside? Right? And for the most part, we have we have mistaken it. We are, we are we are we are looking for the pebble in the wrong place. And we think we found it. We and we remove it. We fill it up, and it's and the, the irritation's still there. Well, okay, well that wasn't it. Right? And you, you, it would you know the the advantage to listening to to great teachers like the Buddha is that that they they went through it. They removed all suffering, right? And they show you here's the real pebble. Yes. And with the pebble, if you'd like to find out where the pebble is, two things or just <laughs> looking classes tomorrow at uh, this time, 1 p.m. tomorrow, Eastern time. And uh, we can get you in there or just email me and we can figure out what if you'd like to have a care call and we'll see if we can identify that pebble. But gpwalsh.com forward slash LC for looking class. We start every Wednesday tomorrow if you'd like to start and uh, we'll get you signed up into it. OK, thank you so much, GP been wonderful <laughs> we've been exploring the middle way you guys i look forward to all the comments thank you i have to end it i keep forgetting <laughs> <laughs> okay bye everyone <laughs> <laughs>